Hello and welcome to TBR Spotlight from the Big Review Ski, your companion podcast to Loki on Disney Plus. We finally made it to the sixth and final episode of the Marvelous series for all time, always. My name is Owen, and today I'm joined by somebody who's known by many names by many people. Some call him a ruler, a conqueror, he who remains, but mostly they just call him a jerk. Mm. It is, of course, Rory. Hello, how are you? How are you getting on, you big jerk? Thank you for that lovely intro. I do appreciate every episode. Uh, you, you set up the sentence like, today I'm joined by, as if by every week, it's someone else. It's not <laughs> it's the, the same jerk every, every Wednesday. The same jerk week in week out well this this is the last week in we'll have for a little while because this is it sixth and ultimate but uh, you know not the end of loki but it's the end of us with loki for right now so i, I think I'm, I'm very emotional today i i was i can actually hear the cracks in your voices um in your voices your multiple voices mm. i'm just there's so many in it. i don't know what's real anymore i'm questioning everything yeah. as you said this is the final episode of our deep dive into loki but we will return owen and rory will return for season two is that it's owen official. wilson and rory uh, <laughs> Owen Wilson, he's back. <laughs> Owen Wilson and Roy will return for season two. But first of all, um, you said you're emotional. Um, yeah. Is it a mixed range of emotion? I'm looking at your face here. Obviously, the lovely listeners can't see your lovely face, unfortunately. But I'm trying. I'm trying to gauge your reaction here. Is it what sort of emotions? Is it angry emotions? Well, is it you're going to cry your eyes out emotions? Uh, uh, Sam Paul on sound before we started recording was like because uh, he's like us gets up first thing in the morning to watch because uh, obviously we'll be spoiler filling uh, his spoiler ruining his whole day his whole um, life so he watches as well and he was like what do you think of the episode and I just didn't say I said nothing I turned away from him I don't want <laughs> I was keeping all my opinions to myself to this error ish of a podcast so uh, let's but- just say emotional emotional is straight off the bat i said it last week about miss minutes heartbroken that she was evil and it turns I out know. i was right she's not a nice she's not a nice clock lady <laughs> you're not a nice clock lady yeah okay okay well listen i think the best thing to do is just crack straight into yeah. it because um as we said for context everybody myself rory and sound paul on sound have literally just finished watching the full episode and we're sitting down and we're just going to splurge uh all over your ears essentially uh with God. everything that we noticed that, uh, sorry about that here's a tissue what everything oh. we picked up on everything we spotted everything we noticed during the episode i'm sure there's some stuff we missed so do get in touch uh and let us know uh as well but okay Roy let's do this so the final episode in the series where we were at the end of episode five was we had Sylvie and Loki holding hands I know you don't like that Roy I wonder will you like some of the stuff in this episode and they were about to cross over uh from the void into this mysterious Hogwarts on a hill castle in Mm. the sky type job through the smoke of Alioth so that's where we were so we get our little previously, they show us that. They also show us a couple of bit of Renslayer. And so, oh, Renslayer, okay, she's popping up a fair bit in this one as well. And also the fact uh, of Mobius, uh, Mobius telling Loki uh, that his connection with Sylvie will bring the whole TVA down. So we got that. That's where we are. Yes. And then 
the flipping, like just the Marvel Studios logo coming up. And I swear to God, I watched this 30 seconds about 10 times. This took me so long to get past this moment because the first thing that we hear in the entire episode after the previously is the music from the end of Avengers Endgame when Steve and Peggy are dancing to It's Been a Long, Long Time, that lovely piece of music. Um, They're finally getting their dance. And then all this mixed up. So what did you think of this moment? Because my head was just all over the place. I think it it was setting up, I felt like it was setting up, oh, okay, so this is, this is letting us know that what, what's about to happen is on the scale of the entire history of the MCU. Yes. I think that was like the vibe they were going for because uh, obviously I heard, like you can hear um, T'Challa screaming like Wakanda forever. You can pick out like specific ones, but I did the same. I went back and put the subtitles on because then the names come up for the people that you're like, who was that? And some of it was like mm. Michael Douglas, who you wouldn't think would be standing out in the opening credits. But knowing what we know about the future of Kang in the MCU, it does make a lovely amount of sense. Um, Interesting. Uh, and then, so it came it came kind of out of one mm, a universe circle? I don't know what to call it. Yeah. <laughs> universe circle is what we're going to call them from now on. And it popped out of that one. And you could hear, like, um, Greta, Gun- Greta Gunberg? Greta, Greta Thunberg. Thunberg. That's the one. And um, who else did I hear? Did I hear Nelson Mandela? So the first group of ones we had, you mentioned T'Challa. You hear Ant-Man, Thor, Captain America's in there. Loki's in there himself. And as you said, it felt like, oh, this is... This is just a, a like a mini recap of everything that's gone on in the MCU so far. And loads of those iconic lines like, I could do this all day. He's a friend from work. So it's kind of mixed tone mm-hmm. of like, oh, there's serious stuff in there. There's funny stuff in there. And then it gradually just becomes, as you said from the subtitles, it just says indistinct overlapping chatter. And you're like, okay, okay, where's it going? And then you hear a bit of like iconic human moments that we will all know separate from the MCU, but supposedly that exist in this timeline as well. People like Neil Armstrong, Greta Thunberg, Malala, Nelson Mandela, and then the music as well. All these pop culture, you had Tchaikovsky in there, Beethoven, Nina Simone and Kylie Minogue as well. Obviously the four greatest artists of all time. Yeah, there was a bit of Kylie Minogue what in there. Minogue and again, if you, do we know? if you go, oh, I'm going to have to go and check now, Anthem, which listeners, one it was. Listeners will let us know. Listeners, you'll have to let us know because I didn't hear any Kylie. I, uh, I'm the, very happy she's been considered one of the top four musical artists of all time. The, this is it. If this is an indication of what are the greatest pieces of uh, art that have ever been created, it is Tchaikovsky. Beethoven, Nina Simone and Kylie Minogue Fair, no arguments here 100% As you said we come out of one universe circle We retreat out of that into this other one And I don't know, you know it's hard Do you want to read into whether What voices they feature in one side And then what voices they feature in the other Because the first one we hear in the new one is Vision Saying what what is grief If not love persevering Which is a line that just blew everybody away Whenever WandaVision was airing uh, Earlier this year then some Maya Angelou, Sylvie, and then we're right uh, in it, this this rock, this magic big rock with a big hole in it. Mm. So what about this, this, you know, huge castle where we are and uh, we have Sylvie and Loki standing there. So what do you think about this transition and then and where we are? Yeah, like it's, uh, it's a lovely visual, like this kind of rock that I, they ha- he has a kind of, again, it looks like a lighthouse kind of, on the rock, like it must be some kind of like time lighthouse. And I it's, thought it was like a, a prune stick, the end of a prune stick. Do you oh, know what yeah, I mean? Kind it kind of looks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. 
Um, and they have that like one sacred timeline doing the lap around them, um, yeah. which is a lovely, a lovely visual. But it doesn't make a lot of sense because then that would indicate that time is cyclical. No, <laughs> so but we know that's not true because they haven't got to the end of time yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like nice to look at, but probably don't think about it. Too. Maybe that's the whole thing of Loki: lovely to look at, but don't think too hard because stuff will start not making sense anymore. Interesting. That works for me. Um, yeah, and then they 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 pop in, and we get this fantastic, but like it continued to shatter my heart into a million pieces. Jump scare from Miss Minutes. She- like, Jesus Christ! What, did you jump? When I say I, I jumped, know you're you're, I, not, you're not a horror fan. At the best not, of times. No, it's 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 more that I'm not good with horror. It's mm. like I'm a fan of the thrill after the fact. Like here we are now, and I think my heart has literally just slowed down slightly. But I went through the. I'm going <laughs> to pardon my friend. I went through the fucking roof this morning when Miss Minutes popped up full screen, just saying, "Hey, y'all!" And I was like, absolutely crap my pants. Yeah, like uh, that was. That was the final nail in the coffin. I was like, oh, no, she's evil. She's not good. Nobody jump scares because they're nice. (laughs) Um, Again, it was like, what is she now? (laughs) Like, so she it's just so many questions now about Miss Minutes. And I'm like, I know season two will probably we may get to it, but it does feel like. I don't know. Like, I can't go down this road because I've just, I've so many nitpicky questions about this whole episode and I could spend the rest of the hour just talking about how Miss Minutes existing inside Alioth, inside this castle, doesn't make a huge amount of sense. But she is there and she's like, oh, we've got this uh, nice offer for you. How do you feel about this kind of devil's mm-hmm. handshake? Well, we'll we'll make it all go away. It'll be super, super cool and you'll rule everything and you'll get to do kissy faces uh, together for all of time. How do you feel about that? And you can see they're like the show wants to set up. It's like, oh, they might do it because you know they're low yeah. people. I think we both knew. I think I knew, and I think you knew that it wasn't. They Deep weren't because that would be kind of a crappy end of the episode for one. But I think it was like, oh, they've come so far. They're like, no, we don't want what we thought we wanted in episode one. What we want in episode six is answers and justice and blah. And she's like, oh, all right then. Um, well, good luck with him. And she she sets up this, I can't decide if it was clever or not. She sets up this like terrifying arrival of yeah. someone. And we're like, <laughs> previously in the last five episodes, we talked about how everything was pointing towards this one character. And so in WandaVision, I liked, I liked the reveal of Agnes in... Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier we guessed it regarding well I guessed it regarding the the power broker I am and I liked that for once because there was a steadily steadily growing theory that whoever was in the castle was going to be another Loki like a proper like top tier Loki who had managed to already run the TVA and I was like don't give us another we've already seen them they're in the show already reveal um so I'm happy that it wasn't that, but how happy are we that it was exactly who we thought it was going to be? 
Well, just before we get to that major reveal, because you mentioned a couple of things there, um, because I, well, I personally, you were saying, oh, was this clever? Was this not clever? I personally loved uh, the moment of the reel, but we we will we will get to that because first of all, this is where Miss Minutes, as you said, I know you were completely heartbroken, mm. and I know that as much as people, uh, a lot of people out there maybe want. Loki and Sylvie to have a happy ending. I think deep down, maybe they also didn't want that to happen. And as you said, in terms of the series, no, we don't want everything. You want it wrapped up in some explanations, but not with a big happy bow on it no. as well. Um, no, we want a bit of strife and conflict in our life because there isn't enough of that in the real world anyway. <laughs> but what was fascinating here, I thought was like everything that these, you know, Actors, the audience, the fans, everyone that uh, has invested, you know, since 2008, their time and their lives and people who were obsessed with the comics before that as well. But specifically in the MCU, um, like every kind of roller coaster moment along the way, Miss Menace just comes and practically undoes that. She's like, what do you want? Do you want to kill Thanos? Easy. Grant, no bother. Do you want the Infinity Stones or the, the Gauntlet? No problem. And here's the throne of Asgard while you're at it. And I was just like, no, but but there were... There were 23, 24 films to get through all that. You can't just undermine that, you little evil clock. But um, but again, I, I like that because it just it kind of pulls the rug out from everything that we've come to know and everything that we've come to love as well and just expands what we already thought was a huge universe into something even uh, bigger again. Um, and uh, I started, <laughs> there were so many moments during this episode, this was one of the first ones, when I, I thought of you initially and your 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 uh, horror at the potential <laughs> ickiness that could come <laughs> come up between Loki and Sylvie. But she was, she kind of hints at it. She's like, two Lokis in the one timeline. It's crazy, but he could make it work. And I was like, oh, Rory <laughs> is not going to like any of this. So that was really interesting. And the other thing that she revealed is that this is the Citadel at the end of time. And again, yeah. I immediately thought of the Citadel of Ricks, Rick and Morty, because yeah. I know Michael Waldron, um, the writer of uh, of Loki, was involved. We were talking about it in previous episodes as well. And he's also the writer of um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So just everything is connected. So she builds it up, as you said, to this terrifying moment. Mm-hmm. But just before we get to that moment, it jumps back into the TVA and we see Miss Minutes immediately there with Renslayer again. And so Miss Minutes just has this omnipotent sort of yeah. ability to just travel through dimensions, through time, wherever she wants. So it's just, as you said, there are so many questions about who and what she is. But one thing about that, and we will get to it, but I was thinking about it because we do know that the person revealed uh, supposedly comes from the 31st century on Earth as a scientist. Well, so, no, we don't. Oh. oh, okay. Oh, well, do you know what? Well, let me zip my mouth there because yeah. I was just going to say, he's no. a scientist. He can come up no, with no, whatever no, Miss that, Minutes that, is. No. That's fine. Okay, okay, okay. But I think the key thing here in this scene between Ranslayer and Miss Minutes is that uh, when Miss Minutes says, he thinks this will be more useful, and Ranslayer's like, who? Who mm. will? And there's an element of like, is she still in the dark? And she's longingly looking at this little glass stain that we've seen in previous episodes that Mobius has left there. And then I thought, are we going to find out that Mobius and Renslayer actually had a life together before? Are they actually, and since they came to the TVA, are both connected? Now, that was never resolved in this episode, Mm. but it was just a, listen, I'm not going to call it a big swing. I didn't put those words in my mouth. I'm not saying this is a big swing. You can call it a big swing if you want. 
But no. anyway, Ranslayer. Okay. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ranslayer. <laughs> <laughs> Mobius Ranslayer. Nice to meet you. So then um, we're back to uh, the Citadel. And what do you think about I don't know. Maybe it's just in the design of the place, but they have all these gold streaks and scratches all over the place. I wasn't sure whether it was the interior designer. Has there been some kind of battle here before or what the story was with yeah, that? Yeah, I did notice that as well. I paused it a few times because it looked like some of the windows were just looked mm-hmm. fake like painted like disneyland <laughs> like castle <laughs> yeah. backgrounds and they still had those weird like lightning strike white marks through them all yeah. so yeah there's definitely i'm sure there's some like a production designer somewhere along the line will explain that but it does look like um there must have been some kind of cataclysmic event in there because you, you see some toppled statues and stuff inside so there must something must yeah, have happened the, the, at some point to lead to all of this i guess yeah the, like the, the place is messy it hasn't mm. been kept well it's dusty it's like come on uh between i know that's only miss minutes and the person who's about to be revealed but come on <laughs> surely with all that time on your hands you could find time to do a bit of dustin there were these kind of like big hooded statues they love statues this guy just loves statues loves no matter statue. what um and obviously statues play a key role as we approach the end of the the episode as well but the lift you hear like a little ping yep. uh lift door open which isn't very castle like it's way more tva like yep uh it's like ding and there's this guy sitting here so roy i'm gonna sit back and i'm like who the heck was this because i was kind of squinting i was looking i was like right who have we got here sitting down right so before we get too deep into who he is, I think it's interesting that the first words that come out of his mouth are, mm-hmm. are very interesting to me because I always remember, uh, say, the first proper introduction to the Joker in The Dark Knight. He had that great monologue. Um, the same with, um, was it Silva in Skyfall? Had that fantastic monologue oh, yeah, coming yeah, out yeah, of an yeah. elevator. Remember? Ooh, that's right. And Walking like, slowly towards Bond. Precisely, yeah. So it's like, well, they're going to give him some like some monologue that's going to go down in history as this. For incre- the ages. Exactly. And this is what he said. This is wild. <laughs> the two of you, same person. I mean, it's, it's a little unnatural, but wow. Not a great <laughs> monologue, but I do appreciate that he is in line with the audience in, like, not being super down with the two Lokis. Like, he's not reacting to it 100% positively. So, yeah, in that regard, I do appreciate it. But it is funny that of all the introductions he could have said, all he could think of was to remark on this self-cessed uh, issue. So... Yeah, so out comes Jonathan Majors, who was fantastic in Lovecraft Country, and who has been confirmed to be playing Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is coming out February 2023. Uh, But throughout this episode, the word Kang is not mentioned once. We do hear Conqueror a few times. Yeah. But mostly he is named, uh, is it he He Who Remains? He who remains. Even in the end credits, he's still called He Who Remains. Uh, yes. So, by all by all accounts, he is essentially kind of conqueror. But it is a very interesting idea for the villain. Um, once he kind of puts his cards on the table, which takes a very long time, and 
over and over again, he's like, I'm not lying. I'm not lying to the truth. And then a few minutes later, he's like, well, that was a lie. But this now is the truth. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, But when he does eventually put all his cards on the table, it's a very interesting idea behind the villain. And also, Majors' performance was giving me mega... Uh, <gasps> Wait. Um, oh, Wait. Oh, oh. Can, can we can, can we like do this on three? Because I was going to say it reminded me of something. Now, are you going to say a person's name? I uh, like the actor's name, no, or yeah, the or, actor's name, or the character's name. Oh no, you're going for a specific character. I was I going was. for a specific actor. You go for okay, you actor. go first. No, you go first. You've interrupted me now. Go ahead. You broke me. You <laughs> broke my train of thought. I told you he was a jerk. Um, okay, the vibes, the major vibes that I was getting uh-huh. off him where um, he really, his acting style and his delivery really reminded me of a young Denzel Washington uh, through loads of his films, kind of that uneasy fine line between, uh, I really like this guy. He's got loads of charm. Mm. He's got loads of charisma and kind of on board with him. And then I'm also completely terrified because I don't know what he's going to do at any moment. Like somebody like Denzel Washington in training day or something mm. like that. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, so that, that's what I got. But what did you go for? I was getting, um, Moriarty, Andrew, oh, uh, yeah. what's his goddamn surname? Andrew, Andrew Scott, Scott as Moriarty. I was getting that like yes. erratic <laughs> vibe, <laughs> um, where he, he does, he already kind of knows everything before it happens. And he's yeah, bored. He's like four by steps it. ahead. Yeah. He's, uh, he's mostly bored by it, but he's, mildly intrigued by the people he's currently in the room with um and it, again he has that kind of almost flamboyant performance where like first of all his cape is yeah fire like that is <laughs> forget about the variant jacket i want that like indigo cape that he has so- and he just rocks it for the entire episode uh, but every now and again, he'd be like, we sitting back and relaxed and real, real chill. And all of a sudden, he's hopped up onto the desk and he's screaming yeah. in people's faces. So, yeah, I was definitely getting Moriarty vibes. So you've gotten rid of your Miss Minutes t-shirt. You've gotten rid of your I never got it. Disney jacket. never sent it to me. So, But that, I'm saying, like, in terms of in the piece of clothing that you want the most out of the series so far. Right, yeah. It's definitely, because I want Richard E. Grant's, like, pants and horns. That's what I want. Okay. I'm going for that for Halloween. I mean, but you I want, you want you. um you want Jonathan Majors, as you said, on fire, uh, amazing looking cape and outfit. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. But like I could I could still wear the Miss Minutes t-shirt under that. That's true. I suppose like the thing is he's, you know, overseeing all of time, supposedly, as we know it. And yeah. this is the one item of clothing that he's decided to wear. So he's chosen, um, like Nina Simone, like Kylie Minogue, he's like, this is the greatest piece of uh, <laughs> of apparel that I could possibly wear. Um, so we get that. There was one, I thought when you were mentioning uh, the windows earlier on, I was getting those kind of reminders of Sanctum Sanctorum, you know, in New York, uh, where Doctor Strange lives. Those I kind definitely of circular got that windows. in the big window behind him. Yes, in his like yeah. main office. That was definitely yeah. that vibe for sure. Yeah, I had a, a quick look because I thought, is it? It doesn't. It looks really like it. Is it exact? And they're they're very similar, but they're not identical. But again, I'd say that you know nothing feels accidental here. I'd say there's you know those little hints and reminders and teasers of well, don't forget, you know, multiverse of madness is mm-hmm. coming, and there might be and again controlling time and timelines and all this sort of stuff. So it was a nice little subtle connection, uh, possibly. 
Now we get Mobius confronting Renslayer very briefly uh, back in the TVA in the middle of uh, of Major's uh, his his long lengthy kind of exposition about who and what he is, but uh, a brilliant little uh, Owen Wilson moment again because these ones I'm sure someone's already done a supercut of them all together, but uh, a line that definitely needs to be added to it is you know she kind of says oh of course I expected you to escape like of all the people to get out of the void he's like. One man's void is another man's piece of cake. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, it definitely is. But he says, he's, you know, we were just talking about um, being steps ahead of people. Renslayer thinks she's got him. She's like, no, I'm going to call the hunters. That's you. You're screwed. And he's like, uh uh uh. Now that we know your secret, you're not going to do that. And, like, oh! and he's got the pen from like, uh, I think it was episode two, which we had, we had talked about. We were like, what does that mean? Franklin yeah. D. Roosevelt High School. Um, and obviously that's nice. It's kind of, there was no Chekhov's jet ski in the end, maybe no. season two, yep. but there was Chekhov's uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt High School pen, uh, which eventually uh, came back here. And then it cut straight to uh, Fremont, Ohio. Uh-huh. And really interestingly, the year 2018 in yep. this high school uh, where B-20's on the run, she's been chased by the, the hunters. Uh, and then she's just setting it up so that, uh, I think his name is U92, lovely name, um, gets to see with his own eyes. <laughs> He's like, Judge Renslayer. And she's clearly like a high school teacher um, in the classroom and she hasn't a clue what's going on. But do you think it was interesting just that it was such a, well, I mean, to us it feels like such a recent uh, timeline because it's it's 2018. Obviously, we're, I think we're 2021 anyway. But this is the year the Thanos did the snap on Earth. But again, we might not be on the same Earth as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was wondering, is it something to do with that and some kind of connection to that part of the MCU as well? I'd say they kept it I'd say they kept it modern for the potential payoff that real life real life Ravona and real life uh Mobius could meet again in mm. like the real world. I think it's interesting that she back in the office she was like what have you done like she was she was fearful of what Mobius had set up so that indicates to me that she already knew there was another one of her in the high school mm. but if she was in the high school in that high school she yeah. would have been pruned so she wouldn't have been there well she she mightn't be pruned yet see it's pre it's pre-pruning pre-pruning Pre-pruning. Beep, beep. I think that, but does that not kind of? Oh, we're going down the rabbit hole. Mess it, that what that does is suddenly whoever Renslayer is in that timeline pre-pruning, yeah. like the main, you know, it's like, well, how does that affect her reality and her thinking? Like, is she like, who are these people dressed up in SWAT gear? Yeah, you know, barging into my classroom. But maybe that's her Nexus event, and then it all comes around again. Oh God, but like, it does seem like she already knew. Because she was like, "What have you done?" When he all she all she had was the like, "Where'd you get the pencil from?" In the in the second episode, where'd that come from? You know. Oh well, because he had said yes. Uh, she has her kind of her her souvenirs and yeah. her bits of memorabilia from various timelines and various cases. So you're right. Maybe she is closer to knowing uh or has more knowledge what well, she definitely has more knowledge than most people anyway um but maybe you're right yes she has knowledge of her previous existence and uh and as a reminder as a keepsake she kept that pen as as one of her souvenirs as well yeah um, so again she, she was she knew she was a variant pretty much this whole time so and she does kind of 
follow through the entire episode and I was getting so mad at her and I, I that's how I knew that she was performing it really well uh, Gugu and Bathu Ra yeah she was like listen we just had to do it anyway it's we had to we had to do this I couldn't let you ruin it and I was like everyone's arguing with her she's like it's it's been ruined it's ruined we didn't ruin it it's like no even if we don't know who the ruler is that what we're doing here is important work and I can't let you ruin that I was like oh I just want to yeah. shake her you're like is it look what's happening idiot but she won't she won't hear sense <laughs> she just won't listen to you, Roy. She just won't listen. Um, this moment between Mobius and uh, Renslayer, you can't tell, or they both appear to be hurt by what they both perceive as a as a betrayal by the other, mm. um, that Mobius went against the TVA, and he's saying, no, but you, you went against everything. You know, like, <laughs> this whole thing has been a lie, and you, you were part of it as well. And they were saying, you know, the speech that we had highlighted, I think, a couple of episodes ago, Lovely moment between them and they were saying we're friends across time, we're allies to the end. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know how that's going to play out in season two. You know, that's all set up really nicely. But at the moment, they do have this um, this conflict between them. And even when Mobius attempts to, like, stop her from traveling through the Tempad portal, and she's like, you know, you're you're absolutely no danger to me whatsoever. And, he, you know, he kind of lunges for her anyway and, uh, and falls back. And she, like, puts him on his ass, basically, on the ground. And she's like, yeah, you were right back here again again just very Owen Wilson but it's this moment because we don't see her for the rest of the episode she disappears and he says where are you going and she's like in search of free will boom but yeah my question here at this point because Miss Minutes had appeared to Renslayer yes and I'm trying to just have to go back and double check um Miss Minutes says to Renslayer you know he he thinks this will come in handy or whatever is it the tempad that or is it a tempad or what does she uh, give to Renslayer because then uh, Renslayer obviously questions who who are you talking about? But then is this some kind of overall contingency plan now that Renslayer is out of the TVA and has an awareness of what's going on has been given something by the version of uh, he who remains that knows maybe it's not going to work out so well for him uh, so that's why I was feeling is that some kind of contingency plan element in there as well who knows? Yeah it definitely does feel like a season 2 plot thread um, yeah, and it, it's like even her line is like to find free will of like to find it because you want it or to find it because you want to stop it like it's yeah. uh, like you're still continuing on your own path of free will being bad for everyone because that's what that was literally what your last sentence was was that <laughs> you don't want that so maybe she yeah maybe she's been given like coordinates for how to take out um other people that we haven't <laughs> mentioned in this breakdown yet. God damn it. Can we just get to well, the good stuff? <laughs> this was it. So this is the moment now when we kind of get uh, all the pieces of the jigsaw. Well, some of them start to come together and we are being fed little bits of information where we say, you know, you can't kill me because I know everything that's going to happen. Here's a, <laughs> and he literally shows him like a page of the script from Loki. Mm. You know, and it has all their lines on it, essentially. Um, he says, I know it all. I've seen it all. All your scheming, all the talking, uh, every step, I paved the road. And then you guys just walk down it. And you're like, as you said, very Moriarty. It's like, you did everything I wanted you to do up until this moment. Um, so then we get the reveal. They're like, but, but why have you done this? Who? Why are you trying to maintain this order? Who are you so afraid of? And then it's just his dramatic pause. Me. 
And this is the moment he tells us, you know, I've been known by many names. And as you said, he mentions conqueror here at this point, ruler, uh, jerk as well, relatable. Yep. Um, but he says it's not as simple as a name. But I loved this little flashback then when he tells them the story using his little, it's not quite Play-Doh, it's kind of, um, it's almost like Terminator 2 kind of material, yeah. this, this malleable kind of thing to it tell was, him the story. It was very similar to what Ego did in Guardians 2. Oh, yes, that's right. kind yeah, of played yeah, yeah. out with uh, like liquid metal looking interactive videos. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. He obviously uh, was watching Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as well. But again, this this combination of uh, of the humor and the uneasiness as well. He's like, I love your shoes. I love your hair. Oh, man, nice nose. Uh, when the other variants are complimenting each other, mm. which would be the thing, you know, if you bump into other versions of yourself. Interestingly, in the timeline, or in his, sorry, his little flashback of the various timelines coming together. They all look the same. Obviously, we know that the Lokis all look completely different and some of them look similar. Um, but as he said, not every version of him was so pure of heart. But he, well, he's claiming to be the one who was able to, uh, once he encountered Alioth, to harness the power and weaponize him for yeah, the Void. Yeah, because it was in this, because you mentioned it earlier and I just wanted to do a slight correction. Uh Oh no! He 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 says a version of me comes from the thirty first century, mm. and that version found the multiverse. So it wasn't actually he isn't the he isn't the one who That's found it. That's what I was it, wondering. But he is the one who got it under control. Um, and as he said, like he puts it kind of fantastically himself. Is like uh, you can either live happily under a dictatorship or yeah live in chaos and free will and uh well actually here's his uh here's his description of of the alternative plan if it all uh goes to shit i guess is the nicest way of putting it he came to kill the devil right <laughs> well that's what i keep you safe and if you think i'm evil well this way to you meet my variants. It's some choice. Like, you know, do you take the risk? Yeah. And do you believe every like what would you do? What would you choose? Roy, what would you choose? I, You're like, whatever timeline doesn't involve <laughs> Loki and Sylvie smooching. <laughs> That's the one for me. Well, I mean so uh yeah, like I do enjoy the it's like a Thanos idea where you're like, I get what I get where they're coming from. I get like, and that's what makes it a a better villain. Like, and same with um, what's his face, Killmonger, where you under you understand the ideology, you just don't necessarily agree with the practice they use to put it into into motion. Oh, you don't, you know, it's a good idea, guys. But does there have to be so many dead innocent people? Yeah, like, and I guess we won't know until we're introduced to some of his variants and how nasty they can be um because as he says like this this version of him is just a human fresh and uh, flesh and blood and initially i was yeah. like but he can teleport and i was like oh no he can't he's got that thingy that just helps him move around yeah um so yeah so there must be some other variants of him that have heightened powers uh, and we we won't know what they are for a while yet but it is an interesting conundrum for sure 
I know we've mentioned Groundhog Day before, especially whenever Loki was confronted with Sif in the little time cell. And he just had to relive that that particular moment over and over again where he gets punched in the face and hit in the nuts. But this felt very Groundhog Day just whenever um, He Who Remains was saying, uh, I've I've done this. like So I've lived this life a million times, so many times. I know exactly. Uh, so I just reminded of, of those moments in Groundhog Day whenever Bill Murray like steals the money out of the back of the, mm. the security truck and he just knows every movement that every person and every line that they're going to say as well. Uh, but then immediately that switched to whenever he kind of revealed this plan to them and he gives them this offer of like, listen, you know, this isn't... Um, uh, I I don't really want to do this anymore. Also, very relatable when I was just like, I'm so, I'm just really old and tired, and yeah. uh, I couldn't be bothered to do this. Super, super uh, villainies for the young. <laughs> yeah, exactly for the young and for the hungry. But uh, I was like, oh. It's like Willy Wonka. He's put them to the test. It's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah. You know, they travel the whole way through. Um, they pass all his tests um, and any obstacles that he happens to put in front of them. But ultimately, it's all for him to find a suitable replacement or somebody that is worthy of taking his place uh, whenever he decides to retire and give them all the candy and all the chocolate. So it was that mixture of like jumping from Groundhog Day to, to Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. But um, yeah, no, I, I loved uh, this moment. But it's at this crucial moment then you start to hear thunder rumbling yeah. outside and you're not sure what's going on. And he kind of reacts. And he's like, oh, we just crossed the threshold. Um, he's very and this good. Moment, as you said, say it again. He's very good. The actor, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors is, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's not kind of a, you don't just throw around. Well, I know I don't throw around a compliment. Like he genuinely reminds me, um, acting wise, as I said, of Denzel Washington, because he was carrying off every, um, version uh, of himself that he was playing in this moment because you're right it feels like a, suddenly like this is a different character uh, sitting there because he's kind of he's unsure he's mm. uneasy and uh, he seems slightly scared but excited as well because he genuinely has no idea of where it's going to go because as you said um, this is the moment where he says no I, I fibbed um, I knew how it was going to go but, but I have no idea what happens from here on in and then we get this sort of not necessarily a payoff but uh they have been building to it where they keep uh hinting at can these two lokis can loki and sylvie trust each other uh and this is what it boils down to because uh before it got to this point i was like oh, it doesn't feel like we're going to get like a a fisticuffs kind of fight scene because yeah. it doesn't feel like that kind of finale but they have found kate heron michael walton they have found a way of including a version of that in this because um but you do feel that the stakes are high here they were in terms of <laughs> i felt as i was watching but you were just happy again that they were arguing again weren't you i um again i don't think their hand-to-hand combat scenes are great in this i feel mm. like comparatively to some of the stuff we've seen in marvel before even in falcon and winter soldier i just feel it's very um under Stagey. under choreographed it's just a oh, bit yeah, yeah. clang, clang. Like everyone is <laughs> yeah. just, it, it just feels like they're hitting their swords against each other and not, not actually having a fight. It's drama school fighting. Yeah, it's very like 1930s Robin Hood stuff. And I'm just like, no, I don't. And I didn't believe the fight at all, really. Um, I did enjoy the line where the, the, the fundamental problem was that she doesn't know how to trust and he can't be trusted. Yes. That's a great line. Um and I did, and like, uh, it was fine. And you could like, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Majors in the background is like, whoop, 
like just kind of like every now and again his head will pop out and be like who's winning the fight and uh, and then like Loki basically throws himself on the sword almost to to like get his point across he's like listen I think you're great and I don't think we should fight anymore and I think we just need to listen to what he's saying let's not immediately jump to murder I know that's what you want <laughs> but let's let's talk about it and she's like okay we'll talk about it but first I'm going to smooch you and I was unhappy so this moment Un- whenever uh, as you said he almost happy. like falls <laughs> whenever he falls it's time for the icky issue with Rory Cash oh. so uh, at this moment whenever he uh, kind of materialises out of thin air and uh, like fair play to him because <laughs> her blade is right at his neck yeah. so whatever way he tied that because I, I immediately thought oh that's not him. Yes, I that's, thought that uh, too. That's like an illusion, or, or that that he's created. Um, but obviously, camera up close in the two of them, uh, he has his back to who? What are we calling Jonathan Majors? Are we just going to call him We're Kang? Kang for short him? for now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there's so many words in this yeah. name, like uh, he who remains. But he remains behind them anyway, as you said, poking his head up. But this was the moment I thought, oh no, we've been in this position before. I think at the end of episode four, and this is when. Loki was pruned from behind and I thought mm. oh, he's going to be something's going to happen him here again because Kang is going to do something here behind him but it wasn't about Kang it was about Sylvie and she tricks him the moment happened and I have it in all capital letters I was like it happened loads of exclamation marks they kissed I was like but but were you happy enough that it wasn't what wasn't a real kiss it was a trick kiss because she was using it uh as, as part of the fight to trick Loki into sending him back to the TVA. So it was a conniving uh, move on her part. It wasn't, let me, it wasn't love, true love, was let it? Me, let, me, let, me, let me clarify this. Let, let, me, let, me, let me just put all this under one umbrella for you. I don't care what the circumstances are that led to this situation. Loki is kissing his sister self. They're not I, sisters. Sister self, I said it. It's basically Loki in a wig, and I hate it. And they kissed. <laughs> Do not enjoy. It was d- like I was like, it can't be as bad as maybe my mind has led it to be. And to be fair, her kind of shunting him through the portal did uh, kind of curb that edge a bit because she wasn't like, I just love you too. Let's moochie moochie, yay! But <laughs> I still hated it. I do not like. No, 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 no. What what about like Loki's relationship with the other Lokis, like Richard E. Grant, uh, Kid Loki, Boastful Loki? I know they didn't kiss, but they all have different types of relationships. Is there, you know, as well? So what? What's that? Like, like, like you know, fundamentally that, but they're but they're not all, but they're not all brothers. Do you know what I mean? And they didn't kiss. If they had, if he'd gone to smooch Richard E. Grant, I would have a similar problem. A similar problem. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. No. Absolutely not. No, thank you. One one point on that, uh, or on all the other Lokis and Sylvie, at any point have we ever seen another female Loki anywhere? There's been no mention, no talk, and even, no. I suppose Tom Hiddleston did mention in the previous episode, he said, have you guys, have you guys ever met a female variant of ourselves? And I think they all say no. Or, oh, Richard E. Grant says, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> no, and I think... Um I, like the, the the theory is that like her just being the female Loki is her nexus point is what kind yeah. of got her pruned in the first place. If that's the case, would she not have just been pruned 
immediately uh, at birth and yeah, not yeah. wait six or seven or however old years she was. Um, so we actually still don't know what her nexus event was. The reason uh, for the yeah. printing. Uh, yeah, so, no, and I, like, I, it's a fair assumption to make that that's the reason. It just, they'll have to explain why it took them a few years to get around to it. Um, so, yeah, so Smoochie, through the portal, hated it. Not trick trick no, Smoochie, you. trick Smoochie, uh, kicked him through the portal. I don't uh, care. Listen, are you telling me that if a sibling of yours kissed you through a trick, that makes it okay? No, it's not a sibling of mine, it's me. Is that better? It depends how much you love yourself. <laughs> oh. We talked about it, self-care and self-love. There's a massive difference between self-love and self-gratification. At this moment, she, <laughs> after the smoochy smoochy and the icky issue, she Oof. turns around and it's kind of, it's understated. She she stabs him. She stabs Kang. She kills him dead in the seat. And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh. The end. And take a breath. Does, does she? Do you no, she, she does. does. Do she does. She? It's just um, I wish she. I wish she hadn't. Um, because I have. I there's, right. So Marvel have a problem in my eyes in that they, ha, they keep repeating some of their own plot points, mm-hmm. and in this one I was like, don't do it, please, just please, just don't do it again. And they did, uh, and it's the heroes creating their own villains. And that's what she's done here. Um, like, I think the biggest example, and I know, like, everyone thinks uh, Thanos was the biggest uh, villain in the MCU history, but I personally am going to make an argument that Tony Stark is the biggest <laughs> villain in MCU wow. history. And let me, I'm going to explain to you why. Because <laughs> I, I take. <laughs> right. So, in Iron Man 1, right, he is essentially the reason why Obadiah Stane goes, goes evil, because he's like, we're mm-hmm. going to do this whole other company and bleh. Iron Man 2, it's his family that causes Whiplash to get kind of shunted out. He wants and revenge, also, yeah. Uh, because he wasn't nice to Justin Hammer, Justin Hammer is not nice to him. Yeah. He is the reason why Aldrich Killian in Iron Man 3 goes yeah. bad. It's always personal. He created Ultron in Edge of Ultron. <laughs> he, uh, he dropped a bit of a city on Sokovia, <laughs> which, is what, which was what caused... Uh, Zemo yeah. to be the bad guy in Civil War. Um, he got rid of the workers, let's say, at the start of Spider-Man Homecoming, which is what causes Vulture to go bad. <laughs> and he um, stole other people's tech that made them corral together and be led by Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home. So they keep looping back to you cause your own villainy and I think when it was going that way and this was like oh just just do something else and unfortunately they with her and this version of him they did it again well there's two things on that once or one is how dare you say something bad about Tony Stark he loves cheeseburgers he loves his family do you know what I mean (laughs) Um, and he says things like I love you 3000 so you can't you can't hate somebody who who says something like that he stole that from his daughter so she's going to be a villain too (laughs) she's she's the real hero here or maybe the villain but the other thing is um, I know what you mean about uh, creating your own villain and we'll obviously see what the consequences are of this particular stab um but with it as well, 
obviously they're tying it in with Sylvie's characters. Like this is the one thing she's wanted. She's wanted the answers and she's wanted to take revenge on whoever was responsible for taking her out of her timeline. Mm. Um, who was the, the man behind the curtain, as she said. And uh, so it's that kind of thing. We've seen it in films and TV shows a million times. It's like, this won't make you happy. This yep. won't fix everything. If you go through with this, I know you want to do it, but it's not the right thing to do. Um, so I, I didn't mind that she went ahead and did it because we, we see loads of times that, that people don't do that and they go, all right, okay, I won't. And then she just feels, she just kind of sits there. She just breaks down. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised she didn't it. ask him what was the reason why you took yeah, me out. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so... Like that would have been know. that would have been that would have been a nice moment. So there's that. There's one little detail I meant to say um, throughout this episode. Uh, at this, uh, not necessarily just at this point, but he's eating an apple. We know, like they said, yeah. he's a man, flesh and blood. But just that reminded me of because um, it's an apple that that Doctor Strange first uses to oh, yeah. uh, um, kind of demonstrate how he's now able to control time and the apple is eaten and then it's uh kind of reformed uh as a whole apple again so i just thought it was interesting that he's just um has this little character detail where he's just walking around munching the apple telling everybody how he controls all aspects of time yeah and space i was getting more um, of an adam and eve vibe from the oh like, yeah definitely that as well yeah 100%. he's alone in the garden at the moment and he's waiting for his eve which is probably Ooh. ravona but now he he isn't because he's he's a dead. <laughs> he dead. Um, it's at that moment. Speaking of time and space, we get the look outside to this, as you said, this beautiful looking timeline, and it reflects the images that we've been seeing on the screens previously in the TVA, where oh, it's lovely and smooth and flat, and then it all starts to branch out mm. uh, because who knows what way it's going to. And then again, it creates this beautiful look, and what I presume is now the multiverse. Yep. Um, that looks like this lovely celestial uh, kind of um, galaxy in the sky um, and the multiverse being created. And that's why I was like, oh, God, does everything we know, has it all been a lie uh, up until this point? And then cut back to the TVA. We do see the screen um, reflecting that image again. Uh, and sad Loki, a really long shot here on, on Tom Hiddleston as it kind of pans in or zooms in on him. Uh, and he's obviously he's hurt. He doesn't know what to make of it. Well, he's no, shaking your head. He's heartbroken. It's very sad. Because his non-sister, non-version of himself, uh, th- th- he thought they loved each other. I like and to think he suddenly realised when he when they kissed, it was like, this was, I shouldn't, oh, have, this shouldn't, is, have, shouldn't have done that. Th- this is this is not. How many flagons of <laughs> figgy port have I had? <laughs> I should not have been doing this whatsoever. Um, and then, again, classic TV and movie trope. The, the focus in on the eyes and then it's like boom his eyes open and he's got this new sense of okay uh, I'm resolved to do something here I'm going to take action um, but what did you think of this this moment he's running through the TV he's like we've made a terrible mistake someone is coming you know countless different versions of a very dangerous person and then this moment which I didn't see coming no me neither um, this twist was amazing I thought whenever Mobius and B20 turned him and they're like Okay, okay, listen, you're an al- you're an analyst. And I thought that was just a nice, oh, he's calling him an analyst. Because I thought that too. I was like, to listen, the- listen, let's work the problem. 
I thought yeah, that, that, that's the vibe out. you're going for. But before that, we we get one tiny cut back to uh, Mobius and uh, B fifteen is looking at the the branching timeline under twenty. Under, She's B20. sorry, B twenty. B fifteen. That's that's her cousin. Come on. Oh, sorry. Uh, and they're looking at the branching timeline on the retro telly, and Mobius is like, "There's no going back now." She she responds, um, "Who said anything about wanting to go back or something along those lines?" So and then when we go forward and Loki's like like a raving lunatic and they're all like, Who are you exactly? And mm. uh like what's what's the problem? So in that earlier scene, what were they what were they talking about when they said there's no gun? Something must have just happened to warrant them and then we even see them looking at their time pad and they're like, Does he want us to sort all of these branching timelines out and like so does that new Kang this yeah want them to go back to pruning to the ah oh, my head and then they he like looks out across the uh the TVA and we see one of the many many statues in there has been uh updated let's say to an yep. actual likeness of Kang which gave me I know this isn't the best comparison, but do you remember the remake of Planet of the Apes where Mark Wahlberg sees... Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Lincoln. Tim Roth Lincoln monkey face. And I was <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there were so many just, like, because it ends on a another statue which has been changed from what we think we, we knew it as before. Yeah. And it raises so many time travel questions. I was like, oh, it's... This isn't the best comparison because that was a bad film. That was a bad film, but and and that comparison didn't strike me because uh, at the time until you mentioned. But no, it's 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 bang on because that's the the two twisty moments here. Or yep. uh, one is when Mobius and uh, B twenty turn him and say, "Who are you? What's your name?" You know, like we let's get to the bottom of this, and you're like, "Oh my god, they don't know who he is," and then he. It's kind of him looking around and trying to spot, yeah, you know, what the heck is going on here? And he looks out the window and then sees the statue. Go on, Because not on, only on. did they not know who he is, yeah. no Lokis. They don't know any, like Loki as a, as a concept, as a person, doesn't exist. Because if they don't recognize him, and most of the Lokis, even though some of them do look different, most of them look the same. So every yeah, other Loki would have to be, would have to be gone from the multiple timelines as well. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't feel like we have a definitive answer on that. But you're right; they don't recognize him. And based on the original version of the TVA, uh, as you said, so like the majority of them just seem to be versions of Tom Hiddleston as yeah. well. But we do know they they can be different as well. But the thing uh, that you mentioned there about what were Mobius and B twenty talking about? prior to bumping into Loki if you know if they're just if their existence is just going along normally here but I think maybe Renslayer doesn't exist in this version of the TVA so their connection is if there's just one statue as opposed to three timekeepers yeah and it's of Kang I think maybe Mobius B20 there's more of a or there's less of a, oh, the timekeepers are separate and they're up in that room and only a few people can go and see them. Or the few people that go and see them or or, or that have a, a relationship with them, it is Mobius and it is B20. And they know, is this what he wants us to do? Because maybe he's a lot more present as a as a boss in the TVA in this version of the timeline, if that makes sense. It it does, but I, I like what I'm confused about is it, it. they seem to be immediately reacting 
to the events that have happened in the Hogwarts Disney Castle with uh, <laughs> Sylvie, where the the branching timelines have just started to branch. Mm-hmm. But in the now, in the, oh my god, this is so difficult to explain with words. In the <laughs> in the when Loki arrives to Mobius at the end, they're like, oh my god, like they they, they it seems like they're living in a timeline that has li- that has been like that for a very long time. Mm. But they're only immediately reacting to the suddenly branching timelines. Does that make sense? It does. I think maybe, obviously, more of this will come out uh, in season two. But again, we don't know what has happened just prior to the. We know what we've experienced insofar as like mm. um, we've seen Sylvie stab him. We've seen uh, time catch up with him, and he doesn't know what way it's going to go with Kang. Um, but in this particular timeline where Loki has found himself again because Sylvie transported him there so did she know was she just going oh back to the TVA with you but now the TVA is completely different but whatever happened just immediately prior to that moment in this particular timeline um, for all we know is you know Kang or the version of him here could have given him a a heads up a memo could have gone out to all the staff going you know big change is coming something's happening blah 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 everything we prepared for here we go and she says you know things like no turning back now so maybe they do again who knows will mm. whether that will uh come out in, in season two i guess we'll find out i mean yeah like it's it, it does set up lots of interesting uh like because god knows when we might get a season two for this yeah uh, there's a lot to mull over. I'm already very excited for the breakdowns that the entire internet are going to put together over this. Um, yeah, and I, like as we said, we we know the events will likely directly impact uh, Spider-Man Three at this December, uh, Doctor Strange Two, which is out next March, and then Ant-Man Three, which is out 2023, um, and. Who knows where Loki season two might fall in that timeline? Timeline yeah. joke, lol. Um, mm. <laughs> so yeah, so there's there's a lot to mull over. Uh, I do like that they have given some full stops to some of the plot threads, um, and have given enough interest, I guess, for us to want to come back for a second season. I I didn't think the season overall was as good as Wandavision. But I do think it was better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm. I I think better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier as much as uh, I enjoyed that show as well. I don't know. I kind of elements of this. I think I I enjoyed more so than WandaVision. Obviously, I'm trying to remember. WandaVision had way more episodes. It had about nine episodes, if I remember correctly. It did, but more um, of them were like twenty odd minutes long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So obviously, a, a slightly different setup there. But no, I did absolute ball, like start to finish, watching the show. And again, I can't wait to sit down and watch them again, like back to back. I have been rewatching them uh, each week anyway, but just kind of sitting down and watching them now that they're all available. Uh, to watch on Disney Plus. Now, speaking of WandaVision, we get a brilliant um, kind of mid-credits, end-credits sequence at the end of that show. But in this one, the only thing that pops up here, what, 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 what? It was so lame. It was because it it was like, oh, it's a case file. It's Loki Lifeson. You see, because then again, does Loki, is that the name that he's given in, in this new place? But obviously then it's like, oh no, this isn't meant to be taken seriously because it's just a gag for... Loki will return in season two. Yeah, it was like a Bond. You know what? When Bond movies like Bond yeah, yeah, will return yeah. in, like it was, 
it was like it was I I get it. I understand that they wanted to kind of piss off the fans a bit and like, oh, you think it's something cool? No, it's just letting you know. But like we already knew <laughs> season two was coming. Like we, yeah. we we knew that for a while. Um so yeah, like that was annoying. That annoyed me. That was that le- that like <laughs> maybe that's why I'm feeling a bit sour about it because I was like, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> I almost almost thought that at the end of it they might have the trailer for Spider Man three because it's out Ooh. in less than six months now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even like a thirty second teaser of because we because again the multiverse and I was like maybe they're holding back on the trailer for such a big film for so late because of the events of this show. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, to be fair, I thought that about Black Widow as well because I thought they might fold in Loki somehow into Black Widow and that was incorrect. So I, I was just about to, to ask you that very question because uh, you've seen Black Widow. Yes. And in fact, uh, anybody, again, Marvel fans, you should go and check out our, uh, Rory's interview with David Harbour, um, one of the stars of the brand new Marvel film. Because uh, who knew Marvel made films as well? They're really good at it. Maybe they should make, <laughs> or not just do, the TV shows. Do, do, do both. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I haven't seen uh, Black Widow yet. Yep. So that was my question, you know, not going into spoilers just in terms of the connection of Loki and Black Widow, but not no. so much as you're saying there. No, because I, I had thought the way they uh, timed the release of Loki and then Black Widow dropping right in the middle mm-hmm. of Loki running, I was like, ooh, maybe something happens in Loki that is set up to ha- like uh, have impact in Black Widow. But it, nope, it was just a coincidence. <laughs> that was it. Black, Wid- Black Widow kisses her sister. That doesn't happen. It does not happen. No, it does not happen. And let me just no smoochie, clarify smoochie that right here, right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I think, I think, was there anything else we've covered pretty much? Each one, as I'm you said, there's, there's bound again. to be um, other little uh, delicious details and nuggets that will mm. fall out of the episode over the week, and maybe little things that were, uh, you know, kind of hinted at throughout the entire series. But I think um, it's about time to call it a day on this series of TBR Spotlight. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm well, sad about it. As I said, like Miss Minutes turning on me. That's uh, really, really off, affected you, hasn't off, it? Check off jet ski not not landing the way I would have liked. There's a few. Listen. We've uh, we've season two. I know we've season two. I know, and that's <laughs> that's the only thing that's like stopping me from crying right now. <laughs> okay. Well, um, as he who remains says, you can't get to the end until you've been changed by the journey has this journey changed you do you think rory in any way whatsoever it's changed my sleeping patterns on wednesdays for sure i have to get up <laughs> earlier you're like i hate hate getting up early and it's also um, it, has, it has not changed my opinion on people kissing their sisters i knew do you know something just told me that that's where you were gonna <laughs> you just can't let that issue go don't knock until you try it um all episodes uh of loki are now available on disney plus and even more importantly all episodes of the big review ski are also available for your lovely uh listening pleasure uh loki doki that's it oh we used it in the end we eventually used it just for everybody we we kept saying loki doki like not during the recording we're like oh we keep forgetting to say loki doki yeah so loki doki um thank you rory uh for everything all your big swings uh I and your them. moral high ground as well you're gonna miss them i miss uh, both of those things <laughs> <laughs> thank you to sound paul on sound and thank you paul for getting up early as well and uh i'm watching the show um 
Well, I mean, that's just so that we didn't spoil it for you. So yeah, it was more self-preservation, that. right? Than yeah, exactly. Else. It's actually quite a quite a selfish thing to do, Paul. So yeah, never like um, And then, as ever, thank you uh, to everybody, all of you uh, listening, and everybody who joined us on this uh, Loki loving journey. Uh, whatever you do, don't forget to subscribe because the universe is in the balance. We need you to do it in order to preserve the timeline. Uh, you need to subscribe. Um, yeah, so hopefully that doesn't sound too desperate, right? You can get the big reviews here <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. And Rory? Yeah. For all time. Always. That sounded far more romantic, I think, than I had intended. Gives a smooch. No. Ooh. <laughs>